Hello and welcome to episode number 141 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. I'm Al. And I'm Anton. And sadly, we do not have the one and only lovely Mike. Um, still busy baby land. Um, but nevertheless, we are here. And I don't think either of us planned to vomit in the first two minutes. Just saying. I mean, I didn't plan to. If you, if you really want me to, I can try. But it's going to be oh. really awkward for everyone involved. Oh, that's that's the next quiz. If there's... um. If we get to the end of season three and nobody, we, it's a tie, it's a, a vomit off. <laughs> oh um, God, that just makes me think of, oh, there was, there was um, Team America, there's an amazing vomit scene in there with the puppets, which is probably one of the funniest things I'd, I've ever seen in a cinema. And there was, oh, what was it? There was a movie made, Guest House Paradiso or something. It was pretty vomitous and it was just an unpleasant thing to watch, frankly. No, let's, let's not go down that road. Nobody needs vomit on a podcast. Indeed, because we've got so much Switch news this week, as per usual. Well, actually, no, not we too don't. much. It is a uh, terrible a week for news. Week. This is probably going to be our shortest episode ever, because there has been pretty much no gaming news. I, I mean, we deliberately, when we did uh, last week's show, we ended up recording that on, I think, Wednesday of this week, and we thought, well, we, we'll leave the notes where they were from Sunday or Monday when we did them, uh, in the expectation that you know, we would then have a whole week worth of news to talk about. But as it turned out, well, that week worth of news wasn't really worth holding out for because just nothing's happened. It's or, It's been dire, Anton. It, in fact, it was very worth waiting out for because we wouldn't have had news otherwise. <laughs> but nevertheless, what have you been playing? I know the answer to this, sadly. Uh, how has your gaming week been? Let's put it more vaguely. <laughs> I have been ridiculously busy with just, you know, like, normal life stuff, including storms causing major damage all over the place. By the way, um, our co-host Mo, we, I know she's been without power for the last two days. I feel very sorry for you, Mo, when you eventually get to listen to this and you get an internet connection to download us. Um, yes, we're thinking of you. Uh, hope you get your power back soon. Uh, so, yeah, in terms of gaming, I have not done a whole lot. Uh, earlier on this evening, I played some Super Mario uh, Party. Not the new one, not All-Stars, the old one, because uh, Sun decided he wanted to play that instead of watching some TV before bed, which was awesome. We did the River Rapids game, which is just it's the best way to play Mario Party, because you're all involved. It's really good fun. So yeah, did a bit of that, uh, and that's about the extent of my gaming all week. It is shocking. What about you? Um, yes, um, I have been playing, sadly, not the Switch, because I am a filthy heretic, and been playing exclusively Halo Infinite and that'll probably be me for the next month or two um, really having fun but I think uh, the less I speak of my gradual fall from grace into mobile gaming uh, not mobile gaming, free to play gaming, the better um, uh, speaking about mobile I've got two things I want to say one, hmm. massive kudos I was going through uh, some of the old episodes, you handled that gracefully, thank you very much Mo for helping us out there uh, for that kind of three week block and as well as that I also re-listened to episode 134 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast which is one when I was off um, dying and being sniffly and just ill in a bed and uh, yeah, thank you very much for the compliments Al and Mike um, I, I won't lie, I was fully expecting to have the, the piddle ripped out of me um, which to be honest probably deserved as that is the ritual of being off on this podcast but no actually very kind words so thank you very much <laughs> it's not like us to be nice i mean i feel like generally we sort of take a top gear approach of just generally ripping it out of each other most of the time you know quite happy to leave any man behind but every so often we we decide to be nice to each other indeed and um on the note of things that have been going on uh, i just want to say thank you very much to um many of the people listening right now and if you're not listening uh, how would you know but to everybody who's subscribed to the youtube channel we just got over 200 subscribers this week which is great to see is that's a, a space where we're kind of growing into and learning and adapting and we have a, a new review out just today of the the fair day protocol done by louise so do check that out it's a interesting title the trailer had my attention but i think Definitely checking out the review before you go to the eShop might be a wise decision. So that's out now on our YouTube channel. Excellent. Wonderfully plugged. Excellent. We're asking people, you know, 
help us out, find us, do stuff, Anton. Indeed. If you want to learn more about what we all do, please do head over to nsukp.co.uk um, as well as learning about all the hosts, um, seeing all of our back catalogue, learning more about the show itself. You can learn more about our Patreon. All the extra bonus stuff we do like Last Call, the Prequel, Roundup, Expansion Chat, the Mug Club. We do a lot and I've just thrown a bunch of jargon at you. So the best way to figure out what that jargon all means is head over to our website nsukp forward slash support dash us to learn more about the reward tiers. And do stay tuned as I am hoping to get a lot of work done on upgrading that site to be shinier, better and more adapted. Especially as we're getting to the end of the year, we're going to have the Nintendo Switch UK podcast awards show once again. So uh, do stay tuned as uh, we roll out some kind of ways to participate because that's always been quite fun last year when we had uh, emily james and leona that was a show and a half oh yeah i forget we do those and we do polls don't we so we'll be asking all of you guys to go find wherever we put some poll i don't know where we're going to put the poll yet we really need to talk about that but we're going to do some sort of poll ask you a whole of questions you can vote for all your favorite games categories etc and then we'll talk about them so there's always that to look forward to. Uh, what else have we got to talk about? Reviews. I don't think in the last like three days any new reviews have popped in, but we do always appreciate them. So I know we say this on a regular basis, but if you would care to venture over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing five-star wonderful review about how brilliant we are, we would be eternally grateful. Uh, and if you've already done it, then thank you. We are eternally grateful to you. Absolutely. And especially if it is like a not, the not great British charts then it really confuses us because we get notified of it and we just don't know where in the world it's came from so it's it always quite fun, fun. It, <laughs> is, it is indeed um and we also one other little point of admin to mention uh the beanies so we had i think seven beanies available uh quite a few of them we snapped up we still got one or two of them left uh and we only released the last episode like what three days ago so that's not the big surprise but if you are interested in picking up one of our awesome branded black nsukp beanies they are for sale 9.99 uh just drop me an email podcast at nsukp.co.uk they uh we will basically just give you our paypal address you send us money you send us your postal address and we'll pop them out in the post hopefully you will love it forever or at least as long as it lasts which should be quite long because they seem pretty good quality indeed and if you wanted to you know skedaddle ahead of the queue of course head over to the patreon and learn more about that where we do stuff every six months that's the best place to be for all the nsuk goodies indeed right we we've waffled we should probably get into the, what what little news we have to talk about this week anton <laughs> indeed tell us First up, in-in games have announced Taito. I've always assumed that's how you pronounce it. it. Might be Taito. I don't know. I'm gonna go Taito Milestones or Nintendo Switch, a collection of eight classic titles, which has already been out in Japan for a while, but it's now coming to the West in February of 2022. Are you excited about this one? Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. There's like one or two titles that stood out to me. I think one of them's like. Oh, Magician's Lord? Not Lord. Oh, the name's escaping me. I'm quickly grabbing the names here. They're doing Elevator Action. I absolutely love that one. Yeah, because that sounds like Magician's Lord. And what's the (laughs) other one? Oh, it's it's not even Magician. It's Ninja Warrior. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Ninjas, Magicians, they're all the same, I was thinking of um, Magician Lord on Neo Geo. Now that I would be excited for. But nevertheless, um, Elevator Action's quite a good title. It's going to be hard, I think, to get people through the door here. I think there's not, like, a Sonic or an Airform gym or, like, a big enough title to people to pick up this collection unless it's really cheap on an e-store sale. You know, it's an alright collection. I'm glad it exists. Um, To be honest, I think just having some of these games out there, admittedly, some of them are out there separate. I would just pick up the ones I wanted separate, to be honest. Yeah, it's an it's an odd collection. I mean, it, it, they're all 1980s, I think, arcade games. Some of them may be in home consoles. But, I mean, the, the full list, just in case you're interested, it's Ninja Warriors, Haley's Comet, Fairyland Story, Chack and Pop, Elevator Action, Alpine Ski, Wild Western, and Frontline. Now, I'm going to be very honest, none of those names are ringing a bell to me. And I didn't really play many arcades in the 80s. I was pretty much just playing my BBC Micro and then moved on to the NES and what, the early 90s, I guess. 
so they don't really have any historical relevance to me. You might be sitting there going, wow, I remember playing that, that was amazing. And you might be massively excited by it. If you are, please get in contact with us, tell us, because generally we we would quite like to know um, who's excited and why and what these games meant to people in the past, because they they just don't really ring a massive bell with me. Do you know any of these titles, Anton? Yeah, like, uh, as I mentioned, Ninja Warrior and Elevator Action, great games, so I have no doubt that this will be a great collection if the other games are even just on par with these titles. Um, but definitely a niche collection. Um, it's not going to be selling massive numbers, uh, but you know what? Getting some of these classic titles, uh, the ones that I do know and the ones I do not know, it's nice to see, even if it is for a, a small few. Exactly. All right, shall we move on? Let's talk about, uh, well, Atlas. They've, they've announced a new game. They finally announced the game oh coming to the Switch. God. Oh, Can you guess what it's going to be? I am shimagansi excited. What what is this new game? It is Thirteen Sentinels, a GS Rim. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, Persona Envy aside, um, <laughs> you know, they, they have so much games in their catalogue and I'm just hoping they just don't be like... Uh, our, our existing software library hasn't performed well in Switch or whatever. Um, or, you know, the West don't want these titles. Nevertheless, um, this looks like an alright title. It's a bit odd. It feels like um, like during the 7th gen of games consoles where, you know, there was games that weren't quite normal enough to fit on the Xbox 360 and PS3, so they've put them on the DS. It feels like one of those where it's just a little bit odd, and I really like that. Um, the visual novel elements don't feel too visual novely. It feels like apparently there's RTS elements in there and kind of general Shimagansi Tensei kind of. It's a weird, bizarre world, and you have moral decisions to make. Um, it's a weird one. Um, this one, again, is a very niche title, but doesn't look too bad, doesn't look too good. Um, for the few that pick it up, I'm sure they're going to love it. I don't know. I think you might be surprised. I mean, this one was out in the PS4 last year, and I know it got rave reviews, like 9 out of 10 stars, pretty much everywhere that it was reviewed. It was regarded as a phenomenally good game. So the fact that they're actually bringing it to Switch, it's actually probably better news than I was making out when I introduced it there. It's, it's, it is an exquisite piece of art that blends, well, from what I gather, sort of a graphic novel with some RTS-type elements in it uh, that is just, it works really, really well, a bit of light puzzle element in there too. The art style itself is kind of odd and quirky, but somehow works. But yeah, apparently the whole the whole thing as a package is just beautiful. So I hope that this does better than you may be expecting, Anton. I think you could turn to one of these kind of cult hits on on the Switch that maybe didn't quite get the praise it deserved in the PlayStation 4. It obviously got the praise, but maybe not the commercial success it should have had on the PS4. You know, I, I could totally see that. You know, it doesn't have quite the, the big, massive JRPG-ness of, let's say, a near Automata. But, you know, it does feel like it fits the Nintendo Switch a lot more than it would have fit the PlayStation series of consoles. So, you know what? I'm very hopeful that, you know, um, hopefully this can find the, the audience it deserves, and if it's been so well-received, um, fingers crossed, because Atlas games doing well on the Switch means more Atlas games coming to Switch. Why bother with the, the stinky PlayStation when you can put on the Nintendo? Go for Indeed. it. You know you want to do it. Yeah, I actually quite like the premise of this one. I mean, it's basically, I think from what I've gathered, you play the part of 13 different young, 
I'm going to call them mech pilots. Uh, I think they're called sentinels in the game, which would make sense. But yeah, mech pilots, all from different points of view, trying to save the world. And it's the story is just full of you know twists, turns, surprises, and it it sounds fun. It sounds very good fun. So we'll see what to make of that coming out on the 22nd of April next year. So we do have a bit of a wait, but eh, we can survive. That's fine. As long as when it comes out, it doesn't have 1,001 bugs. <clears throat> GTA. Nah, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like Atlas could put out just a rubbish game. It could be like a manual they just ship in a box and the cartridge doesn't even work and it'll have the greatest story ever. You know, they're writers <laughs> at heart. They do good stories. Um, so, you know, a game like this where there's a little less gameplay and it's more just visual novel and storytelling um, should be good. Indeed, absolutely. All right, well, next question for you. And I kind of know the answer to this. What were you doing in 1997, Anton? <laughs> um, I was um, busy being born. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, writing out the, the, the charter for how I would conduct my life moving forward, um, my ambitions, and um, every video game that I was planning to play. Well, uh, clearly you weren't at Space World 97 then, which was an event that Nintendo, well, they held it every year from, I forget when, like 1990 or something like that through to the early 2000s, uh, where they basically demoed their new games and new tech and it was it was a cool place to be. And in 1997, they demoed The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, which was very cool. But it's one of these things that disappeared back into the mists of time. The actual demo code is gone nobody nobody has it it's just it's vanished it, it might be blowing around in the mist somewhere in a cupboard in a drawer but as far as we're aware it is gone but some modders have tried to recreate it haven't they indeed you know there's been a i've seen this a couple times like loose attempts to this um you know i've seen like loose attempts at doing this with halo 2 and uh, i think some of the mario titles seem people have attempted this with but this is the most detailed and vibrant version of it because rather than just chucking in some beta inspired assets into a final product they've segmented off the game into the areas that we knew of within of these older experiences and i think that is beautiful to see that they've they've set a scope for their ambition and the art that they're replicating and it's been incredibly well done it has. I mean, they've, they've used sort of genuine source material. One um, legit, one slightly less legit. Because apparently there was a whole lot of code found on an F0X development cartridge for the actual demo. So they found quite big chunks of it, but it wasn't sort of the finished thing that was actually shown. Mm. Uh, and they've used that combined with information from the, so the infamous Giga Leak uh, from, was it last year or this year? I forget when that actually came out. Uh, I but think yeah. it was early this year. Yeah, they, they've used some elements from there uh make of that what you will i'm not going to comment on that uh and and i've put them together to create this very faithful but not entirely accurate uh replica of what was what was available to play back then in 1997 very cool yeah you know it's an impressive package and i i hope this uh compilation here will inspire future generations of modders and tinkerers to put their best foot forward and uh yeah, do some more cool stuff because I think game perseverance in all forms, whether that's going from the development cycle side through to final products and, you know, especially stuff of the online side has been incredibly devalued or undervalued. And, uh, you know, this is a great example of, you know, preserving this. This is almost like gaming history, a museum piece, a living museum piece that you can play. It is awesome. My hat is off to them. Good job. We love modders. Um, I'm quite excited about this next news story. Well, I think I'm excited. So, Epic Games, who... I don't know if I love them or hate them. I, I kind of have a very mixed feelings about them. But they've acquired Harmonix. Now, if Harmonix sounds vaguely familiar to you, that's because they made the Rock Band games, and that's why I'm excited. Indeed. So, you know, the studio Harmonix has had a bit of a, a troubled history as of the, not troubled, but iffy history. You know, they had all this success with the likes of Rock Band and, um, I've been trying to think, they didn't do Band Hero, they did another title that was kind of of that ilk. But yeah, you know, very big boom, 
and then they kind of fell off a little and we had Rock Band 4, I think there was Rock Band VR and then there was that, I believe it was Fuser? Yeah, that was so, their DJ one thing they tried to make. Indeed. So, you know, incredibly talented team uh, but just nothing's quite clicked since their glory days. But what was amazing is when I remember they did Rock Band 4, unlike Guitar Hero Live that kind of did another spin on it and kind of broke the formula a little not for the, the good reasons, this team although not making something that clicked with the masses, still had the talent and consistency to kick the backside of the industry. (laughs) And it was, you know, really nice to see. So I'm curious to see now with the the funding of uh, an Epic Games, what they could do. Um, You know, could it be like a, a games as a service? It's like free to play and you just buy the instruments or you can maybe use your phone or who knows what they can doing. But I feel like with... Epic's games mastery of IP and intellectual property, they could do some crazy stuff. They could, but actually the the nostalgist in me kind of just wants them to make more plastic guitars and plastic drums and sell them to me so I could sit in the living room and bang a wee plastic pad and pretend I'm drumming away, or I would say strum, click the little clicky switch on the little plastic guitar and click the little buttons, because it was just really good fun and I have such fond memories of doing that. They would never do it because I know they have aspirations beyond Nintendo Switch. But do you remember Guitar Hero for the Nintendo DS where you like strummed on the DS screen? Do that with the Switch. Now that's the future. Get a that little drum that's cool. touch screen. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awesome. I just I, There was something... No, Actually, no, I'm going to retract that. That would not be cool. There was something very cool about the um, the tactile element of the actual click, 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 click on the guitar and just the, the feeling and the sound of the whole thing. It was just... I want to recreate that. I do. And these days it could all be on Bluetooth. You wouldn't need to have all the cords going everywhere because there were always hundreds of cords going to every single um, instrument. That could be made better now because, you know, Bluetooth was invented and chuck a rechargeable battery in it and job Bob's your uncle. Uh, and oh, so many happy memories. So many happy memories basically of playing this either at Halloween, not Halloween, New Year parties. We spent many New Year's playing this game. Uh, or around at Mike's till like four in the morning falling asleep playing Lego Rock Band. By far the best incarnation of the whole series ever. Indeed, you know, there was, um, I felt more so than the Nintendo Wii and Wii Sports that with Guitar Hero, there was just, because, uh, you know, with Wii Sports, even generationally, there was like a level of commitment. You know, kids, they were playing tennis. You know, people slightly older, you know, they're swinging a plastic remote and it looks like they're playing tennis. And then if you're a little bit older, you're swinging this piece of plastic and spending time with your family. But with Guitar Hero, I felt like, and Rock Band, there is far more uniform in its cross-generational qualities of bringing people together. And I I thought that was always such a, a great thing where, you know, everybody has a little bit of a love for music and being in time and then being good at it. Brilliant stuff. And I'd love to see them replicate that in future. Absolutely, and it was it was demonstrated so well by the breadth of the games they had available. I mean, there was there was Rock Band, there was Lego Rock Band, there was Rock Band Metallica, and there's Rock Band The Beatles. I mean, there was something for everyone. If they could just uh, recreate yeah. that, we'd all be very very happy. Okay, let's move off that one. Let's talk about the Mario movie that's coming up because I know. I was very excited about casting. You and Mike were slightly more sceptical. I'd say you more sceptical than Mike. And I think a lot of people were worried about Chris Pratt, who has been cast as Mario, who I think, well, the concern is he might try and do an Italian accent. Um, Yes, so it's been confirmed that he won't be doing an Italian accent in the Super Mario movie. I, I just don't know why they're casting him. There's so many Italian people out there. There's millions of them. Millions of them incredibly talented. And they got the fair, Although his name is Mario, has anyone ever actually said he's Italian? Mario and Luigi. Has anyone ever said they're actually Italian? I've heard them speak about spaghetti a lot for... I don't know. I'm just saying, there's many, many people who've been in America for many generations now with Italian names who don't sound vaguely Italian, who've never been to Italy. Why does he have to sound Italian? Like, they've got Charlie Day as Luigi, and the director's like, yeah, there'll be, like, nods to, his, you know, his Italian heritage, because he's, he's 
didn't do it. And I've heard Charlie do the Italian accent. I'm just like, why did you get Chris Pratt? Well, I mean, the by people. the same logic, in the old Super Mario Brothers movie, when Bob Hoskins was Mario, he also didn't do an Italian accent, but they did clarify that by saying that they weren't blood relatives. Mario had taken Luigi in when Luigi was a baby and raised him as if he was a son or a brother or something like that. So, you know, maybe they're going to do that again. Uh, I don't know. Everything I hear, like I was on board with this when Miyamoto was like, yeah, we're going to be cool, like working super close. But the more I hear, I'm just disappointed. I'm just happy. I like everyone in the cast. I mean, at least, yeah, Jack Black's good, though. I like <laughs> I There's a lot of people out there don't like Jack Black. I'm not one of them. I love Jack Black, but a lot of people dislike him. This movie is going to be angel. awesome and I can't wait. Everyone else, shut up. <laughs> and on that note, let's let's move on to talk about Bowser. Uh, I don't mean the character in the movie. I mean, you know, Doug. Mm. Our pal, yeah. Doug. Yeah. Not, not Jack um, Black Bowser. Jack Black Bowser, yeah. He's good. He's but yeah, no, we've got to move on. We've got to move on and we've got to talk about, well, it's it's not a fun topic of conversation, the whole Activision Blizzard thing. I mean, there's accusations of, let's just say, impropriety. I don't think it's a secret. Everybody knows this is kind of in the media at the moment. Um, but Doug Bowser uh, sent an internal email that got leaked in Nintendo, which basically said, well, I'll, I'll par- am, I, am I paraphrasing this or is this word for word, Anton? This is word for word. Okay. Along with all of you, I have been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the company. I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to our value, to my values, sorry, as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values and policies. Every company in the industry must create an environment where everyone is respected and treated as equals, and where we all understand the consequences of not doing so. Uh, And Nintendo have confirmed the validity of that leak. They have said we can confirm the content of Doug Bowser's internal email to Nintendo of America staff is accurate. We have nothing further to share on this topic. Thoughts, Anton? Yeah, so there had been a couple leaks from... uh, Not even leaks, I think formal statements from PlayStation and xbox so i have a feeling this might have been put out there on purpose because it's not nintendo's character to do this normally and you know it's really great to hear that nintendo i think is very much on the right side here and um you know it's nice to see that although these awful things have happened the bigger players in the industry that have direct relationships with activision blizzard are putting their their foot in the ground and um, acknowledging that you know they've been very awful here because to be honest that you know all this has came out and Activision really hasn't done anything yet they're just kind of it seems like they're almost waiting for the storm to pass um, and I think having other big industry players be like no this is out of line you can't just like pretend like this didn't happen or wait till the storm passes or do anything of this you just, have been awful in terms of managing your higher up staff and just being higher up staff um yeah it's good to see that all the major players outside of activision blizzard have made their words and voice clear that this is unacceptable in this industry yeah it's it's great to see it's wonderful to see the industry standing up rallying going no not on not cool uh i mean I think it's probably, and I'm very careful about how I word this because I don't want to be in the wrong side of a lawsuit. Without saying any particular companies, I have a funny feeling historically in the industry there are probably many skeletons in closets um, because that is the way the world was. Thankfully, the world is moving into a better place. Things are coming to light, attitudes are changing and indeed have changed a lot. Um, and these accusations seem like they are slightly more timeous than... I would be prepared to accept. I think that's the safest way I can put that. It's maybe not the best way I can put it, but it's just, it's not good practice, but it's great to see that the industry is indeed calling them out on it, saying it's not acceptable. And I suspect it will not be long before we actually do see some people leaving, whether they get prosecuted or not. I don't know. You know, I, I think only time will tell. Um, you know, it's it's hard to to perceive because um, unless the the law gets involved, which is sadly concerning a lot of these matters, is hideously slow uh, for tackling this stuff. 
um, then it would come down to the bottom line of the company. And sadly, it's going to be hard to say. Like, I don't know how many people who are buying coins in Call of Duty Warzone are going to not buy coins in Call of Duty Warzone. Um, sadly, I don't know how conscious a lot of the individual consumers of this massive company are in terms of changing policy that way. So I hope if it's just kind of a way of, you know, a lot of the the partners they rely on can put heat on them to adapt and become a better company. Uh, we can see reform, whether that is, you know, these big corporate sponsors um, that fund, you know, their massive Call of Duty and Overwatch tournaments being like that, or the people airing it. Because I think they're like, on over in the states, like on ESPN with Overwatch. What if ESPN's oh. just like, no, we're not going to work with Activision Blizzard? Maybe then we can see some reform. Yeah, well, let's wait and see. I guess if something's going to happen, it'll happen in the next few weeks. So we may be talking about this very soon again. On a lighter note, Nintendo have been releasing uh, quite a few celebrity adverts recently. We've talked about recent ones. There were, uh, oh, we've forgotten the celebrities' names already, but there's there were two came out that we talked about. I'm going to say a fortnight ago. We've got another one, and this one is starring Jessica Alba. Have you watched it? Um, I have. Yeah, it's. Um, I believe there's some ring fit adventure in there. Um, I believe there was later some Mario Golf. It's interesting how. The celebrity endorsements have been kind of handled in different ways. Because you have this one and the, I believe, a Mariah Carey one. That are very much like new, kind of, you're not much of a gamer sort of adverts. And then you have the partnerships with Brie Larson's on Instagram. Nintendo's clearly really leaning onto celebrities to get the consoles out the door. I think using celebrities as a, a vessel to produce more lifestyle adverts because i guess there's only so many times they can show you playing a nintendo switch in your living room them leaning into celebrities seems to be really their angle to now it is i mean to be fair they've done some pretty successful ones over the years i mean i'm pretty sure they even had patrick stewart doing one for the ds at one point there have been loads of celebrity endorsements for various nintendo consoles i'm gonna say maybe over the last decade i actually have no idea how long they've been going for but certainly some time and i'm guessing it works for them they're presumably paying these celebrities a lot of money and they wouldn't do it if they didn't see returns. And this is just, it's another one of these cute adverts where, you know, celebrity, uh, I think, is at home playing with their dad. I think Jessica Alba's playing golf, Mario Golf with her dad, and they're talking about trying to beat each other, and they do the controls, they do the swing motion things. Then the younger uh, daughter, I think, comes in, she gets added in. Then the next daughter, middle daughter, turns up, and they start doing some Just Dance, and just, it's all very energetic, very fun, and got very white trainers as a dancer in the living room. It's all very clean and wholesome. It's fine. I, I have I have no problems with these adverts, and if they help sell games, great. <laughs> okay, hear hear me out, Al. You get to fund your dream Nintendo Switch like celebrity endorsement advert. Who are you choosing, and what do you want to see them playing, and how? Oh man, you can't just throw me that at me mid episode. God, uh, dream celebrity endorsement. You know what, I don't know actually that on censor, but the first thing that's coming to my mind oddly is Professor Brian Cox. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, it's greenlit. Nintendo, it's um, Professor Brian Cox sitting, I, I kind of want to make him play brain training just because I know how much it would annoy him. Mm. <laughs> or make him play Mario Galaxy, because that would at least be slightly relevant to his field of astrophysics. So yeah, Brian Cox playing Super Mario Galaxy uh, on the Switch. Uh, yeah, my first... Fo- my first thought when I asked the question was Keanu Reeves like in a depressing rainy room, just like not even enjoying it, just being miserable playing it and be like, yes. Um, but when after I said it, I was like, oh, no, we need the shack using a single Joy-Con. That's what we need. That's the ad for it. He could even be playing his own video game. We could have Arnie starting off playing Animal Crossing and getting really annoyed at it and then going and playing a bit of Doom or something just to sort of calm himself down. Yeah, I like I like these guys just using like the tiny just single Joy-Con. That's how it's meant to be played. <laughs> That's how Mr. Miyamoto plans. That sounds awesome. I like it. We've got this nailed. If we could we could bring in a little bit of Timmy Mallet to play some SNES, although you probably don't know who Timmy Mallet is, but I don't know, my generation won't get that reference. I don't I gotta move on now. Alrighty. You know, I've made it ageist again, so I'm gonna stop. Uh I-, I like this next story. It's amusing me. So there was Talk a while ago about uh, when that time when Microsoft tried to buy Nintendo, and 
I don't know if either party ever sort of officially talked about it properly. I, th- I think maybe they did at the time. But Xbox has just released uh, in commemoration of their, I'm going to say it's the 20th anniversary, um, they've launched the Xbox Museum online, which you can go to um, today. Uh, I will find the website for it. You can go to museum.xbox.com. Don't need a subscription or anything, just go and have a look. And it's basically, it's a, a virtual museum you can invert commas, wander around. Some people are calling it a metaverse. I think that's nonsense. But one of the uh, wonderful exhibits in there is entitled uh, Microsoft Tries to Acquire Nintendo. And it's a bit of a leaked memo of when they tried to set up the meeting where they wanted to partner with Nintendo. This is brilliant, Anton. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said this people call it a metaverse is stupid because it is. And I've been hearing... Ever, ever since Meta, Facebook became Meta, everybody's using Metaverse and I don't understand what the phrasing even means, uh, even if it is a real phrasing. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is really novel to see Microsoft acknowledge this. Um, I've got to give them credit. They have actually been very open about some of their missteps as a company as they're celebrating their 20th anniversary. They've got a wee documentary and they're very honest about the fact that the Xbox One's flopped real hard and the Xbox underperformed initially with the, the first model. So, um, you know, them coming out and sharing uh, their attempts at buying Nintendo. Because um, the thing is, even then, the leaked memo, if they just put that up there and they're like, oh, and this time we tried to partner with Nintendo. That, you know, that was evidence that they put there in that message. But, you know, no, they were honest and they're like, nah, our intention was to buy them all along. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine what would have happened if Microsoft had bought Nintendo. That would have been, that would have been really... Yeah. Kind of cool. If we end up the best of both on one single platform, that would have been amazing. It always makes me think back to the, the Nintendo Wii. And we, we mentioned this, I believe, on the episode of the, the prequel, one of our shows that we do for our Patreons, is that if the Wii could play games as good as a 360, not even the PS3, you know, it could do HD games and you could plug in the, the Wii Pro controller and play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. It, would they even sell other consoles? Who would buy them? <laughs> Outside of the <laughs> online, they would have had such a stranglehold on the industry. And who knows, it might have just been a company like Microsoft that could have made that happen. Or Nintendo could have went the way of Rare. All entirely possible. Yeah, instead Microsoft went and bought Rare. They stole them from us. They stole them! Our childs, they stole the the banjo. <laughs> Give them back. Give Rare back. Well, at least, to be fair, we're getting some stuff heading our way. We've got banjo back on the Switch now, courtesy of the, yeah. uh, the expansion, what's called the online expansion pack. It might happen. We can, we can always hope. Yeah, I'm not going to get into Metaverse rant. We can have a Metaverse rant in Last Call. Yeah, That's what we'll do. do. Last Call, I, Metaverse rant. Uh, I do instead, love... Mm-hmm. I do love how Banjo-Kazooie has became like the Spider-Man of gaming. Like there's this like weird relationship. You know how Spider-Man's like technically owned by Sony but then like the MCU and Disney's allowed to use them but it's in a weird strenuous relationship where Venom gets to be in the, the own universe. I feel like we're slowly moving towards that with Banjo-Kazooie and Nintendo. It's like yeah, you can have them in your, your NES online, sure. I'm like, okay, what's what's in this for Microsoft? What's next? <laughs> lots and lots of money, I imagine. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Life is Strange. True Colours. We finally have a release date for it, Anton. We hope. Indeed. So, it looks like it's coming out on the 7th of December digitally, which is a bit of a shame. We are getting a physical. Um, I put in the wrong date in the notes. Uh, I believe it's February uh, 26th off the top of my head to, uh, to give that a wee Google, which is a shame. I've, we've been seeing this more and more, even just within of this one year, um, which the pandemic may play a part in it. Um, but a little less now that we're moving further away with it, get that... But yeah, where we're getting the digital copy early and then a physical one down the line, which on the twenty fifth of February, you were yeah, I think I think that's what you said. But yes, I said twenty sixth. But I'm 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 proud of myself. You were close. <laughs> we'll give you a pass. I, thank you. But yeah, it's a shame that this keeps on happening. But nevertheless, happy that we're getting it. And I think with a game like this, where it was delayed so late in development, and they're just getting out of the door as quickly as they can. Um, as long as it's a good build and the game's running well, which the fact that they delayed it so 
awkwardly. Like, they didn't delay it and give us a date. They were delayed it and they're like, it will be out by the end of the year. And here it is. So, who knows? I'm excited. Hope it runs well. Um, yet to have played A Life is Strange. Don't know if this will be the one to start with. I think they've got the one and two collections. So that might be where it's better to start with. Indeed. Well, talking about delays, do you remember the uh, the wonderful 101, that Kickstarter? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like episode like 40 of the podcast. Um, yeah, one, yeah. I actually episode backed 140 it. 140 now or something. Yeah, like I that. backed it. I got my game. To be fair, they pushed oh, wow. out the game. But that Kickstarter that was uh, raised to, you know, remaster and throw out the wonderful 101 had a whole load of tears with a whole load of good, physical, awesome things coming with it. And people are still waiting for them. Still. Can you believe it? Yeah, you know, this might be some hyperbole, but I feel like this has been one of the worst handled Kickstarters in a good while. Because I feel like when a game like Mighty Number no. 9 gets delayed like six months, it's I, I sympathise, or Yokulele. I think that got delayed three months. Um, but you know, they were setting up an entire studio. They were setting up a whole company and they were developing their first game with that company. Platinum Games didn't need the money. They they just wanted the press. Um, and then they, they did all this and, you know, they ended up charging people like yourself £50 with, for the game once you had the import charges. And then you got it later than the people that would have bought off of Amazon. And then people are struggling to get the rewards. And I feel like it's a real shame that they basically um, benefited or kind of, yeah, took advantage of their most important key and strongest fans like that. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. And the fact stuff's getting delayed. Admittedly, the new rewards are really cool. Like, there's a leather jacket that just looks fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's a shame it's getting delayed. And I think for a company the size they wear, I would have hoped that they would have handled their Kickstarter a little better. Yeah, it's a bit sucky. It does seem all very, very mismanaged. I mean... They knew all this sort of stuff was coming. They could have identified all the suppliers in advance. They would have had a rough idea of what numbers would have been, looking at how the Kickstarter was progressing. And let's face it, that was it was probably a year ago now. It was a long time ago. And they're still they're still not sent out a toy set, some a, a platinum trophy, some a, the CD soundtrack. A CD soundtrack is one of the easiest things in the world to put together, and they've not sent that out. They're just the list of stuff they've not sent out is insane, and they. They've waited so long that they deliberately withheld some of the shipments because they thought mm, people might have moved home. We better get in contact with all the backers and ask them to just verify their details. So anyone that didn't verify their details, they didn't send the stuff out. And now they're going, oh, we should probably send it out now anyway, just in case. It's just, it's just so badly mismanaged. Yep, um, if you're listening Platinum Platinum Games, I can make your CDs for you. I have the technology. I can get, like, a hundred pack of CDs from Asta. I've got your back. Just give me a buzz. <laughs> well, I got. I actually got because I was back. I got an email from them this week with all these updates, and they did say, um, with most of the remaining production of these goods needing four to six weeks, optimistically we estimate being able to ship rewards early to late January. We will provide an update on this timeline by mid December. I mean, come on. <sighs> okay, I'll grant them. There has been a pandemic in the middle. I'll give them a bit of leeway from that point of view. But there was a long time before the pandemic as well. I don't know. All right, I'll move on. I'll stop grumbling and complaining. Uh, YouTubers. I don't know any about YouTubers, but apparently someone called Point Crow has put out kind of like, I'm going to call it, well, you've written down bounty. I'm going to put more down as a reward for anyone who can create a multiplayer mod for The Legend of Zelda. He will give them $10,000. Legend of Breath of the Wild, that is. I love the idea of a multiplayer Breath of the Wild mod. I have no idea what it would be. Whether it would be co-oping the game, whether it would be running around shooting each other in the face with arrows. I mean, do you know any more about this? I do, yeah. So how do we look at it? And to be honest, the scope was a lot smaller than I was expecting. I was expecting like the, the Just Cause 2 mods where you could add like 100 players in Just Cause 2. No. Uh, this is he wants two players to be able to play at the same time and be able to complete a run of the game each. So I believe their intention is before Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, that's when the, the kind of reward slash bounty program ends, uh, they want to do like a Twitch stream with a friend. And basically they want it to be co-op. Um, ideally they don't want it to require an external server. So they want it to be able to be something that you can host on your own end. And kind of the one thing they're asking is that 
they get two weeks early to it um, to kind of play through it and give their coverage of it and then have it be freely available to everybody after that, which, um, wow, it's quite fun to see somebody putting money behind the modding community. Um, and I'll be curious to see what this race of, because I'm sure there'll be a couple people attempting to go for this. Um, one, if it's possible. Two, how quickly it's possible. And three, if there are multiple contenders, um, what the competition's like. Um, whether it'll be what kind of feature parties. Do we get one that's like maybe four, five, six players? Um, or do we get like one that's just a really solid two-player experience? Um, excited to see what the community builds. And yeah, it must be exciting for somebody who's experienced at modding that does this out of passion and love for the games have an opportunity to make some capital from it that does sound very cool what i want to know is uh related to this so mike is obsessed with watching some youtuber bloke who wanders around and just gives lots and lots of money to people he invites a family in and spends like tens hundreds of thousands buying them stuff basically people in dire straits who are really in really really difficult situations he just gives them a load of money randomly he'll just stand in the park and give random passers-by a load of money just for fun because he makes so much money from his youtube channel clearly this youtuber is making so much money they can put a ten thousand dollar bounty we've got youtube are we making this kind of money anton um sadly not um but i mean with our 200 subscribers we're not making like tens of thousands of dollars um no uh have we made any dollars if we could maybe get to 205, you know, who knows? That might move the needle. So uh, do head over to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast YouTube. Uh, yes. Yes, go there. Yes, all the hundreds of thousands of people who listen to this podcast every week. <clears throat> yeah, all head over there. <laughs> Absolutely. To be fair, I mean, I'm okay. We do have a genuinely a very good listenership. I mean, there are a lot of people listening to the show, far more than I ever thought we would do. Um but yeah, I don't think we're going to be making tens of thousands of dollars on YouTube anytime soon. We might be lucky and make a dollar at some point. You know, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. All right, let's talk about our last news story of this show, the uh, Upswitch. Or sorry, I should say Upswitch is a company. They have announced a product called Orion. It's, an, it's on, on Indiegogo at the moment, but apparently you can also go and order it on, I think it's Amazon or somewhere like that. Mm. Do you want to talk about this one, Anton, or will I? Hey. I'll let you go for this. Okay. GameStop, by the way, is where you can go. So imagine being a person who thinks the Switch is too small. Now, I imagine there's probably a few people out there who think the Switch is too small. Well, apparently UpSwitch think the Switch is far too small, and instead they want to make it much, much bigger and slightly less portable. They have basically developed an 11.6-inch screen that you can dock your Switch into, take the Joy-Cons off the Switch and dock into the side of this screen, which has its own battery pack, which means it's going to weigh a ton, and carry that around with you to have a much bigger screen experience of the Switch in portable mode. Do you get this? Um, You know, I wish I did. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've got, like, a fairly non-portable Switch setup as it is. I use uh, the Hori Switch Pad Pro. So, you know... I don't need the most portable thing in the world, but I feel like at this size, you know, it's not portable. Like, I, I just don't see people taking this out and about with them. And I think right now it's got the early bird price of like $250. Um, I, I'm presuming the full retail is maybe 300 350 I think if you're one to elevate your experience, I think owning a Switch and let's say a Steam Deck is much more valuable than owning just a really big clunky Switch. Indeed. I, there was one thing, actually, I, I don't know if you got the advert in front of you, but if you if you find the advert for the Orion and you skip to 37 seconds in, I just happened to pause it at that moment. I don't know why I did, but it's a picture of a bloke standing up against the wall playing his enormous brick of, a, of an Orion, and there seems to be a cable coming at the back of it, and I was watching that going... Is he able to charge that while he's standing up against that brick wall to play his game? It's a fairly chunky cable. That looks like a power cable to me, which is not the most portable of things. I wonder if he's carrying around another external battery in his pocket just to keep the thing going. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not too sure how how power efficient those screens are because even like a lot of the kind of portable displays for kind of laptops for people who want to have like a, an extra twelve inches to you know multitask on their MacBook. Those ones either are wall powered or do drain a good bit out of your laptop. So, um, curious to see what the 
the battery equals out too because it seems like it tops up the switch as well but it's also consuming power so curious to see what the total playtime is out of this one feature is novel it does have does have hdmi in so i could possibly see this as maybe a good alternative for people who do use those external displays for their laptop and then they're like you know what i'll pay the extra 50 pound and get the one i can dock my my switch into why not um they show off somebody using a plugging in an xbox series x uh into that so you know that that's the wii u i wish i had when i was younger <laughs> it is a very random product i i don't think we're gonna be falling over ourselves to recommend anyone goes by anytime soon but if you're interested go and check it out it if nothing else it'll probably make you giggle uh that's us got to the end of the news should we talk about rumours? No, I'm not normally one for gossip, but... This Done. just then. That's it. <laughs> there are no rumours. <laughs> the rumour is, we did, there are none. Yeah, yeah, we did say at the beginning of the show, it's been a really, really quiet week for Nintendo News. And we weren't kidding. There's been yeah. no rumours at all. At least none that really worth talking about. I mean, there's probably the odd rumour out there about some C-tier game that nobody's ever heard of or nobody cares about come here, but... You know, there's nothing really worth our while wasting breath and your time on yeah. to you know to wax lyrical about. You know it's an exciting week when nobody could even be bothered pretending that Persona 5's coming to Switch. <laughs> Persona 5's coming to Switch? <gasps> really? The exclusive Nintendo Switch UK podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and since we only have Anton as well, we haven't there's not really much point in doing a quiz. I could ask you questions, but there's nobody to play against. So we might just shelve the quiz for this week as well. Uh, we've been speaking for 50 minutes. And let's face it, our target when we started to do this was always 45 minutes. We never stick to that. But we, we should probably just wrap this episode up because we've got nothing left to talk about, frankly. Indeed. So if you're wanting some extra listening, do check out the back catalogue. If you're a patron, do check out some of the bonus content. If you're not a patron, go to nsukp.co.uk forward slash support dash us. And if you want to support us in other ways, do check out the YouTube and check out some of the additional content we produce over there. Indeed, we will hopefully be back in your ears next week. I don't know if we'll have Mike, because I know he's moving. Uh, it might be next week, it might be the week after. So, with a bit of luck, we'll have Mike with us. If not, uh, well, you'll probably have us two Muppets again, and we'll maybe see if we can rope in a Mo if she's got some power back by then. Fingers crossed. So, I'm just going to say thank you for listening to us, and... Cheerio! Au revoir! <laughs>